Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. A um, couple or a few of these verses are going to be a review, but I wanted to start here. It's been a couple weeks since we met on a Wednesday night because last week was Thanksgiving week. But look at this. It says, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. You know, you can do that now on Facebook. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. Social media, you know, I, I, I give social media a hard time, but there's a lot of positives to social media as well. In fact, it's being streamed on social media tonight. So the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we what? Find people telling us about your faith in God. You know, people are watching you. No pressure, but really, just live your life for God, but realize that people are watching you and how you live your faith and how you live it out. They are. That's just part of it. And you know, people say, oh, no, don't look at me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. There's truth to that, but at the same time, people are going to watch you. Once you say, I have Jesus inside of me, they go, okay, let's see. Let's see if you have Jesus living inside of you. And look at what he goes on to say. We don't need to tell them about it. For they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols. Someone say idols. To serve the living and true God. Modern day America, modern world, there still are idols. There's different countries where people worship idols. There's some religions here in the United States where people worship idols. But how many of you know there's different forms of idols now? Things that we put before God. So we need to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of what the King James Version or New King James would call idolatry. Right? They turned away from idols to serve the, serve the living and true God. And they speak, the ones that are speaking of your faith, right, of their faith. They speak of how you were looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. Scripture says Jesus will return. I pray it's in our lifetime. You're nearing the end of the book of Revelation. It says, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We believe that. We want that. We don't want to love our life more than what's coming to us in heaven. I never want to be at a place where I go, no, 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 I don't want to be in heaven. No, I'm, I'm not ready to die yet, right? Neither are you. But, man, heaven's going to outshine all of this. It is like nothing we've ever seen or experienced. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. Let's say that again. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven. If you're looking forward to His coming, Man, it helps you to remember to live right and be accountable and do the things that we do when we serve God. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who what? Has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. I'm going to get into chapter 2 here in a moment, but let's talk about that just for a minute. Judgment is terrifying, isn't it? But Scripture says in several places it says in the, in the letters to the Thessalonians that we've not been reserved for wrath, one of the older translations says. So remember that. There are those who will tell you, and even Pastor Fabian will tell you, you know what, we're not going to be here for the great tribulation. We're going to be raptured out. I believe that. But I've always had this thing in my heart where I said, well, just in case, I'm going to be ready for whatever happens. But I do know that God has not reserved us for judgment. I do know that. Whether we're here or elsewhere, Judgment is not for us if we're serving God, right? That's one of the reasons Jesus came, is to cancel the judgment against us. Because we were all under God's wrath. 
Can you imagine being and staying at odds with God? No, thank you. He's going to win every time. He know, we know we've talked about that in the last couple weeks. All sin is personal to God, right? So without Jesus, we're on our way where? Scripture says hell. Some people get offended by that. Well, I'm sorry, but Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. So we've got to warn people. But Jesus, praise God, he has rescued us from the terrors of the coming what? Judgment. Because judgment's coming. Folks will tell you, no, you know what? Um, he's never going to flood the earth again, and that's true. That's actually the true symbol of the rainbow, not LGBTQRZ, whatever. That's not, that's not the meaning of the rainbow. The rainbow is God's covenant with, I find this fascinating. He said it himself. It is his covenant with humans and with people, mankind, and the animals. God made a covenant with the animals. He cares about his creation to never bring judgment or destroy the earth again with a flood. That's pretty positive, isn't it? Okay, ready for the negative? I don't know which is worse. But next time God judges the earth, it's going to be with fire. It's going to be burnt to a crisp. But that judgment's not for you and for me. Scripture talks about it, that in Revelation. Things are just going to be burnt up. And eventually it's all going to be burned up to the point that he's going to have to bring a new heavens and a new earth. He's just going to burn it up with fire. Now, fire, it, it, it's interesting because you look back in Scripture and it's almost like the world was baptized in water. Peter talks about that. Another type and uh, shadow and symbol. I love that. So water, a symbol of God's word. But God's word also brings judgment. Scripture says that even Jesus is the judge, right? But now fire is, <laughs> it is purifying. It burns off impurities. I mean, germs can't stand the fire, nothing. True fire burns things up and it purifies it. Wow. That's how you get pure gold, is it goes through a, a heating process. But, once again, he has rescued you and rescued me from the terrors of the coming judgment. Are you with me? All right, that's good news. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you, the apostle was saying, was not a failure. It was not a failure. Hmm. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. You want to know more about uh, some of Paul's journeys and sufferings? It's mentioned in the epistles, but you know, the Acts is the history of the early church. And I've heard preachers over the years say, man, the Apostle Paul's hotel in every city just about was the local jail. That's where he'd stay. <laughs> so they were beaten, man. He was, he was stoned and he was whipped and all kinds of stuff. They were treated badly. And he says, just before we came to you, we suffered, man, in Philippi, yet our God gave us the what? Yet our God gave us the courage. Man, that is, that is key for now because it's becoming less and less popular to be a believer in the United States of America. It is. Our God gave us courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. Never give up on your faith just because people disagree with it. And a lot of people disagree with your faith. Let me just tell you that right now. You have the, you know, it's painted, the picture's painted in a strange way now, but you have the right to disagree with them too, but anymore people tell you in the, in the media, legacy media and different stuff, say, well, you can't disagree with us, but we disagree with you because of Jesus. But basically that's what they're telling us because of your faith-filled lifestyle. But 
despite opposition. I was talking to my Bible study last night. Two things, five words. Number one, don't run. The only thing you run from, according to Scripture, is flee youthful lusts. But don't run from opposition. Don't run from the faith. Don't run from connection. Number one. Number two, keep the faith. Like the old school folks used to say, I think my grandparents used to say it. No, in fact, I know they did. They said, come hell or high water, we're going to make it. Hell or high water, right? So hang in there. Gave them the courage. God gave them the courage to declare his good news, the gospel, to you boldly in spite of great opposition. We have not seen great opposition yet. We've seen some opposition here in the U.S. for our faith. But hang in there. You stay strong no matter what. Keep the faith. Don't run. Keep the faith. So you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. Can you imagine if he's basically saying we're going through opposition. If we were phonies, we would have stopped preaching, right? But he said, you can see we weren't preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. It's real. Our faith is real because we were getting forced. They were trying to force us out of preaching the gospel. But we did it anyway. And we did it with pure motives. For we speak as messengers. Someone say messengers. Everybody in here is a messenger of God's word. Approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Ooh, I like that. Let me read it again. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. You've been entrusted with God's holy and sacred good news. The gospel. Here it is right here. The good news. What's your purpose in life? Our purpose is to please God, not people. That's why we don't run and that's why we keep the faith. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Now, we honor people, we respect people, but when it all comes down to it, and I don't know about you, but I I hate this. I hate being stuck in this rut is what will people think? What will people think? You know, I praise God that you want to stand for good and you want to have a good reputation and you want to abstain, like Scripture says, avoid appearance of evil, right? But when it comes down to it, we please God, not people. I remember when, uh, kind of a strange analogy and example here, but I remember <laughs> I remember, I just went out on a limb. I was losing my hair real bad. I, I had been since I was 20. So 26, I got the guts. Right after I'd, I'd met Jen, I was like, I loved her right after I met her. I was like, ooh-wee, that's a tall glass of sweet tea. Like, man, wow, she's lovely. But I was like, I'm having hair problems. I'm going to need to shave my head, I think, and just stop the hair denial system. Just, I'm not going to fake it anymore. Everybody knows I'm going to do it. And I remember thinking, you know what? I'm at the point now, and this is funny, all I cared about was if my, sis, if my sister and Jen thought it was cool for me to shave my head. And more than my baby sister, because I've always been close to my sister, I said, oh, it's, I hope Jen's okay with it, because she's, she's the one. God had already spoken to me about her. I hadn't told her that yet. That wasn't how I was going to run game. I was going to charm her, right? You're the one, thus saith the Lord, just go ahead and marry me. I didn't ever do that with her. But I knew before I met her, God had spoken to me. Some of you know the story. And I remember I, I, I didn't care what anyone else thought because that night, once again, some of you know the story, but I like repeating myself. That night, I showed up to a Victory Center Christian Academy board meeting. I sat on the board at that time, bald-headed. Just showed up. Didn't tell anybody. Just showed up. 
I've, I found it fascinating, the ones that didn't say anything. Just gave me a hug. That, the Talamantas were there that night, brother and sister Talamantas from the Spanish service. Hey, brother, how you doing? They just hugged me. They didn't even say nothing about Never mentioned that my head was bald. That threw me off. But I didn't care to the point that I'm just going to show up at mom and dad's house for the school board meeting bald-headed. Now, it's kind of a strange analogy, but there's so many more important things, and one of those being God's plan and will for your life and his word. I can't base my life on what people think because everybody has an opinion. I, I learned this more strange analogy. I learned this. My cousin and I used to joke about this. I said, man, the older crowd, I remember my grandma, she said, oh, my goodness, you shaved your head. I was already bald. You know, golly. She said, you shaved your head, and you need to grow your hair out, and you need to gain a little weight. I said, well, what is it with the older crowd? I said, grow your hair out and gain weight. <laughs> I, I didn't quite get that. So I'm a little underweight right now, but don't worry. I'm not going to grow my hair out, but I am going to gain a little weight. Drinking some protein shakes. Having said all that to just keep you awake, remember this. All jokes aside, your purpose is to please God, not people. Your purpose is to please God, not people. You know what scripture says? Let God be true and every man, every human, a liar. I'm going to believe God's word first. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Why? Look what it goes on to say. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. You notice in scripture, Jesus was all about motives, wasn't he? He said, man, if, if you look at a woman to lust, at her, lust after her, you've already committed adultery with her in, her heart, in your heart. So that's that, he was dealing with motives. And did you notice that at one point, it sounds like, according to Scripture, he was sitting by the offering chest, commenting on people's hearts. Isn't that interesting? Do you remember that? He's talking to the disciples. He says, hey, look at this guy. See how much, see how much money he gave? That's from his abundance. No big deal. But he said, look at this widow. She gave two mites, less than two pennies. She gave more than the other guy because that was all she had. He was always dealing with motives. Why are you doing stuff? And so I ask you tonight, by the name and power of Jesus and his authority, always examine the motive of your heart. Why do you do certain things? I do that. Say, man, was that done, was that done in the right motive? You know, did we do that out of jealousy? Did we do that? We've got to be careful. We've got to grow up in the Lord. My goal for you, Scripture says that it's one of the fivefold ministry, is the perfecting of the saints. Does that mean we're going to be perfect here on earth? I wish. No. In that context, it means the maturing of the saints. My goal for you through the classes here and you serving and you coming to hear the word is that you be Christian believing adults in the faith. You can't be a baby forever, huh? Babies are beautiful. There's a baby back there, a beautiful child. Beautiful child. That is a beautiful child. But it'd be odd if you stayed a baby forever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somehow I was the pastor of this church, but my dad ca carried me in here on his back? Every You're getting a visual of that. That's really weird. That was weird for me. And can you imagine I'm preaching and my dad says, hey, did you, sorry to interrupt, did you drink your bottle? Your protein shake, it's in your bottle. You can't preach me. Unless, and, and you know, some parents are raising kids like that, spoiling them forever and they're wondering why they're nutheads later. 
You got to let people grow up. Give them a chance to grow up. Give them a chance to feel pain. Pain is a great teacher, isn't it? Human, you guys know some of the greatest lessons you ever learned were through trial and error. But I don't want to be a, a believing adult, a Christian adult, as an old man one day and say, well, the only way I can learn now is through pain. Scripture says if you get to that point, then you are a fool. Because Proverbs talks about the only way a fool learns or, or moves or does anything is through pain. For heaven's sake, man, I have a, I have a dog that even, even in pain he doesn't learn sometimes. <laughs> He's ready to go to battle with me. That's foolish, right? He's still a puppy. So we, we've got to be wise and we've got to learn from mistakes. But you've seen people around. Maybe you had seasons in your life, man, you didn't even learn through pain. What do they call it? Being a sucker for punishment? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let God examine your motives, learn through your mistakes, and say, God, I'm going to do better next time with your help. Let me read that verse again. 2-4. We speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Man, even in motives, you can deal with the mistakes, the things you've done, everything else. God is always looking at what what is your motive? What is your intent and purpose? May the very intent and meaning and, and lifeblood of our spiritual heart be to please God always and to do what he's called us to do and to be in his perfect will. Let's keep going. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. <laughs> flattery is dangerous, right? Read about that in Proverbs. I'm not going to get into it heavily. I'm going to finish with, with this verse tonight as well. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your what? Money. <laughs> wow. They came preaching the word in truth and grace, and they, you refer, Scripture explains Scripture, refer back to the verse before that, is talking about God dealing with our motives, right? So they, they're proving. We didn't, we didn't try to win you with flattery, and God is our witness we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. They were there with the right motives, and that was to preach the gospel. The Apostle Paul said we've been entrusted with the good news. God trusted us enough to give us his good news to share it. And that's you, and that's me as a believer. All right? So if you would tonight, I want to be sure and finish on time so we have time to get into our baptisms. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. Is there anyone in this house on the live stream. Or in this house, physically and presently, that would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus, and tonight is my night. I want to accept Jesus. I want to be made right with God. I want to be forgiven. If you've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord and Savior of your life, raise your hand tonight. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray a, a prayer together as families. Is there anyone in here? that says, I have never, ever accepted Jesus. I don't, Pastor Matt, I don't know where I'd go if I died tonight. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. Or if Jesus showed up with the rapture to take us to heaven, I don't know if I'd make it or not. No, you want to be sure of that. You want to make peace with God. You want to be at peace with God, not at odds. Is there anyone in the house that says, I need to accept the Lord tonight? All right. If that's not you in this house, please pray this prayer with me for those listening watching on the live stream on YouTube and Facebook Live. 
Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. I've discovered that I cannot live without you. I'm a sinner apart from you. So please forgive me. Save me, Lord. I confess that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Not the world system, not the enemy, not myself. Jesus is my Lord. And say this, say, I believe he died and rose again so that I could spend eternity with him. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for saving me from myself, from my sin, and from hell. In Jesus' name, I believe and I am saved. In Jesus' name.